Welcome back to The Right Angle. Mo and the G-Man are here. I, I didn't tell you, but CeCe did say that he was busy, but he is definitely on the roster for future shows, and hopefully it won't be six months before we grab him again. So excited about that. <laughs> I'm glad he's that busy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good to be busy. And speaking of that, it's funny that uh, a few weeks along the way, we've done this for almost 100 episodes, we're getting close, and do you ever say, wow, man, I don't know if we're going to have anything to talk about this week? <laughs> oh my God, I was thinking about that a couple weeks ago, and I thought, they just vomit things for us to put on this podcast <laughs> with this administration. It, um, I don't know if I told you this, but I don't know, 25 years ago, I started uh, a folder for absurd news that they yeah. had in the newspaper. And I'd put little articles in there every once in a while. I go, that's, that's got to go in there. Anything in that folder can come close to what this administration has done all the way through with what they do. So no, uh, I never come onto this podcast thinking we have nothing to talk about. Correct me if I'm wrong, but when you and Cece first cooked up this idea, it was in large part to talk about sort of lessons learned over the years and looking back and all that. But it just seems like the Leiden administration between that and the pandemic, it's just, it hasn't totally monopolized what we've talked about, but I'm sure it's played a much bigger role than you initially thought it would. Would that be fair to say? What 1,000%. As I said, every time that I listen to the news, which, by the way, I've had to back off to about an hour and a half now because I just can't take it anymore. I just can't do it. I, I'm going, what's next? To the point where I'm, I'm got a little beads of sweat on my forehead <laughs> and say, what's next? You know, what can they screw up worse than they did the day before? Yeah. And they always come up with something, which is unbelievable. Yes. Yeah. A, an excuse. Well, they, they, they come up with an excuse also for what they do screw up. And that's the other part that just absolutely makes me, uh, you know, go bonkers when I hear that stuff. It's almost it's, it's almost like the whole Watergate, you know, the, the cover up is worse than the crime. And as many bad things as they do if they would admit at least once in a while that they made a mistake, whoever it is, it would at least make you feel like they've got a little bit of, I don't know. Humility. Yeah, that's the word. But they just yeah. they just double down and triple down. And I mean, even as I know we, we've got a couple big topics, but even this Chinese spy balloon, which now they've come out and said what we knew all along is that they've been that was sending back information I mean, just that literally, that one thing is worse than if you took everything Trump supposedly did, which of which he did none of it, that one thing, I would say, is worse than everything that he was accused of doing, let alone this ridiculous indictment. But it's just unbelievable. The, I, I think it's the, the absolute 100% fear they have that when he gets back in, that people's heads will start rolling for a change on the other side, as opposed to all these innocent people that were thrown in jail. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for, for literally no reason at all. They, they throw them in jail. 
then they got to let them out, but you don't hear anything about it when they let them out. Uh, okay, sorry, you know, they're yeah. not even sorry. Or just leave. It's, it's not going to work that way, Hayden. Uh, somebody's going to pay, and it's definitely going to be your son. Who else will? Who knows? Given this indictment and, and all of that, which is not even worthy of our time, it's going to be super interesting because if it comes down to Trump versus DeSantis on the GOP side, the, I think the case for DeSantis is that he's younger, he's fresh blood, he can get in there, he's got maybe more political motives, which may be good or may be bad, and Trump has passed his prime and blah, 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 blah. But on the other hand, I'm, I'm really torn. But on the other hand, if Trump goes in, you know that he is going to go after all the Biden family. I mean, maybe Obama's, maybe Clinton's, but especially the Biden family. And I don't know that anyone else would necessarily do that because they wouldn't be driven like he was. And to me, that almost... I mean, and he's gonna he's got his agenda and all that stuff, but if he could really do that and he could convince enough Republicans that he would do that, give me four years and then DeSantis or whoever go ahead and take the reins, that to me that makes a pretty compelling case that he could A drain the swamp and he could actually get some people convicted and and you know, clean things up. Especially if he gets the uh house and the Senate. Uh, majority yeah. in there, then then heads will roll definitely on that. It's I got to believe that they're going to leave DeSantis where he's at because we need him where he's at. We don't we don't want him becoming president, knocking Trump out, and then leaving Trump out again. We need DeSantis in Florida, you know, fighting his fight down there for the for the right way of life, and then we need Trump in in the uh, White House this time, knowing who to pick and what to go yeah, after. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, both barrels this time. No more. If they bring up any of the Russia collusion thing or anything like that, nobody should be paying attention to that right. anymore. Yeah. Because how much more can they go after this guy? They've gone after him with all these major things that they made up and nothing stuck. Nothing. Nothing stuck. Yeah, you wonder how, like the uh, the rhinos of the world, the Paul Ryan's, if they regret at all or they don't regret working against him so much just from day one. Obviously, the Democrats purposely planted those seeds of doubt in the Republicans' minds that oh, if you work with this guy, you know you're going to be in trouble because he's a criminal and all that. And he basically. You know, Paul Ryan and his ilk basically made Trump waste at least a year of his presidency, not being able to get done what he could. And I mean, he still got a lot done. But just think about how much more, to your point, if he gets in this time and the GOP stands behind him and we get both House and Senate, I mean, it could be a steamroller. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what they fear the most. Yeah. If he gets in and they get two or three uh, people placed in the right places again, it's all over. It's all over. It's a, like you say, it's a steamroller. Uh, and I, I'm just very, very irritated that it, it, there was a four year span in between where they were able to ruin as yep. much as they did of America uh, before he was able to get his job done. 
All right. Well, we've got plenty of weeks ahead to talk about that. But there a particular incident, I understand, in one of our Big Ten universities caught both of our attention. But you probably you probably read up on it a little more than I did. So take it away. We have a, a Big Ten university called Michigan State University that made national news. And they've come up with some more PC things for their university, for rules to follow. I think, uh, I don't know, maybe three, four months ago, I was talking about how they would put up these uh, little posters that taught students how to apologize to somebody. Oh, I don't know that I remember. They took the word apologize and... And, you know, for A, it was, you know, this, that, and the other thing. I could look it up in my notes, but I'm not going to do that right now. But that's the kind of stuff that this university, I guess, you know, is doing, indoctrinating these kids to think this is how the real world works. But what they came up with this time was banning some more words, you know, which, of course, is 1,000% unconstitutional. And here they are. Female bunnies, chicks, Christmas tree, pioneer, frontier, bonkers, (laughs) tipping point. What? And, yeah, tipping point, and the term hold the fort. Wow, I guess I must have read a lot briefer article because I heard about a couple of those those evil Christian terms like Christmas tree. And uh, I mean, bunny is kind of a stretch for, for Easter, but do you know the rationale behind any of those like tipping point frontier? Did you, they didn't go into it because I don't think they had enough time. Yeah. There were so many words that they were doing. I believe I'm, I'm only assuming that tipping point means we, we don't want you to um, expose somebody that is at that point. We want you to allow them to go to their tipping point, and you know, Ugh. I how, what else would it be? Other I, than, yeah, I, and I'd be saying, "Hey, Mo's at his tipping point." <gasps> Don't say tipping point. You're I'm, what you're saying is he's going to lose it. He's going to go bonkers. Don't say <laughs> bonkers either. I mean, and obviously, insane and crazy and lunatic. You can't clearly say any of those words. But, well, I don't know. They haven't been. I, I don't know if they've been banned yet. Oh, all right. Maybe that's on the way. Christmas tree. Um, I don't want to hear the word Hanukkah anymore at Michigan State University. I don't want to. I don't want to hear uh, the Pope. Yeah. I don't want any of that stuff there anymore. None of that. Okay. If you're going to do that with Christmas tree, we're going to do it with everything. And what's the Rosh Hashanah or something like that? The Muslim yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's obviously out. You know, you can't talk about that that's at all. jewish that is okay uh, ramadan. ramadan ramadan okay it, female female yeah what female, what I, I i i don't get that but i don't but get male that. is How okay are, what, yeah i i don't know it wasn't banned on this <laughs> on this group of words but female and and if anybody on earth is saying the word bunny how is that a banned word now, I can see chicks where where they go. Hey, look at that chick. You yeah, know, I don't. I I don't think I've ever in my life heard a a girl say that they they are, you know, put off by somebody calling them a chick. No. 
I mean, it's almost like dude, right? Yeah, yeah. Why didn't they? Why didn't they do that? You know, dude. What and what? Frontier? Don't call me dude. Yeah, yeah. Frontier, frontier, what? and pioneer. I think what they were doing. I, I I think I heard a little bit where they said that this related to the white settlers and you know settling America. Yeah. So that they could bring the slaves over and work in their cotton fields and stuff. I'm assuming that's what that means. Oh, my God. Because that's what would trigger me and you, right? Yeah. If somebody said that guy's a pioneer, meaning he's the first to do something like that. Uh, don't, don't say that. You know? Well, what's funny is when you think of the frontier, you think of them moving west, the settlers moving west, and those are not the people who had slaves. So it, I would be very interested to, well, I wouldn't want to hear the rationale because I'm sure it wouldn't make any sense, but that is really befuddling. So, and this is kind of in their official communications. Is that the uh, department it came out of? Do you know? I don't know which department it came out of, but it did come out. I, I'll tell you which department it probably came out of. Like all universities that are that are over the edge or woke, they probably have a panel of of eight people that have blue and purple hair and those uh, <laughs> shotgun earrings and you know scraggly beards, and they're all sitting around trying to think of things to uh, you know put you and I backwards. You know, don't you know a certain uh, certain? Uh, I don't know if he's a freshman or a sophomore or something at a Big Ten university. Maybe we could. Get back on the show. Um, if he knows anything about it, I'll try to get a hold of him All right. and uh, see what he says about that. And you know, if if his university is the one that that's doing that, or if he's heard anything about it. Yeah, I unfortunately Michigan State probably isn't the only one. I mean, certainly that some of the Ivy League schools and the the woke ones out West, but I have heard that some are going the other way. So that at least a little ray of sunshine, but now what do you mean? I didn't hear anything about that. Who's going the other way as far as what? I'd have to look up the names, but there were, there were a couple of universities that were, I think it was in Texas that were dialing back or dismantling their DEI departments. I'll have to uh, do a little research. Oh, they did. Uh, I don't know. They they put on leave that DEI person that was shouting down that what was he? The Supreme federal Court judge, justice? yeah, the yeah, federal, federal judge, judge yeah, or whatever. Yep, that's they, right. They, they they put her on on suspension. So that's that's a good thing. Uh, that that was absurd. Well, this this story is still unfolding. But you said something that. Uh, those you mentioned some sort of earrings. What what is it? What is it called when you those women? I guess men get those giant giant like like they're they put stuff in their earlobe until it's like a half inch or an inch in diameter. Yeah, yeah. That is uh, so totally. I know it's like a, and this isn't a slam on Africa, but it's an African thing, right? I mean, tribes over there do oh, it. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, it is. It's one of the most revolting things that I I went into a sub shop three days ago. Yeah, and a guy making my sub had one of those. Oh, and I'm I'm looking right at him, at, not at him, but at the 
had his hole in his ear. Yeah. And, and it, I'm thinking, oh my God, he's touching my son. <laughs> it's, you know, and it, it, it's nothing other than a hole in your ear, but for the love of God, why would you do that? It's, why would you do that? That has to hurt sometime I mean, when you're expanding your ear an inch like that. What what is more grotesque to you? Those I forgot what they're called. I, I know there's a name for them, but um, that or a no. They're called stupidity rings. <laughs> okay. That's my new name. For okay. It. Well, then how about uh, speaking of rings, the the nose piercing, the eyelid piercing, or the mouth or the tongue piercing? Do any of those hold any more grotesqueness to you, or are they equally all bad? They're they're both or they're all equally as bad as the other because because I'm looking at those and usually it's girls yeah. that have the nose ring and the and the ear pier or the you know eyebrow piercing. I, I I really, really, really wanna say to one of them sometime, do you really think that makes you look better having that stuck in your eyebrow than not having it stuck in your uh-huh. eyebrow? I, I and then I want to see what they have to say. And what about the tongue ones that are literally pierced through their tongue? Wouldn't the, the, you constantly, the, I mean, every time you talked, you swallowed, you chewed anything, wouldn't you just always feel that? Yes, of course you would. Oh. Of course you would. And if I, if a neighbor moved in that had a pierced tongue, I'd put a sign in my yard the next day. <laughs> I can't live next door to stuff like that. Oh, man. It is just... Give me a rational reason why you would do any of that stuff. A ring in your nose, which is what? What does it make everyone think of? A bull? Yep. A cow? We put they put it in their nose so you can lead them around with a rope when you tie it through the ring, and that's what they were for. But somebody came up with a great idea to stick it in their own nose. You know, expand Uh, your earlobe. Yep. Stick one up in your eye. It's. (laughs) It's. <laughs> Would you say those are? And don't tell me I'm old. Don't tell me I'm old. I, that stuff is insanity. I don't care how old anybody is. That's it's just not right. What is your uh, your gauge of of uh, tolerance between one of those piercings versus just a huge tattoo like on someone's neck or something? <laughs> I'm glad you just said that because. <laughs> Because today I was out uh, having having a, a little brunch with my my good uh, buddy from high school, and some guy came in. I don't know. He might have been in his late twenties, and he had he had a tattoos all the way up from his wrist up to his his shoulder on both arms, mm, solid, the solid. sleeve and I, or whatever. The, exactly the sleeve thing. And I, I, I said to my buddy, I said, why would you do that all the way up your arm with all those different things on there? What are you doing with that? Are you looking at it at night when you're sitting in your chair? And yeah. Going, that's, pretty, that's pretty cool because nobody's going to come up to you and go, hey, explain everything from your wrist up to your armpit. Let me know what all of these little tattoo things mean. Why did you do that? I wonder if there, this isn't meant as a silly question, but do you think there are like conventions where people do go and explain and they just, you know, mull around and talk to each other and 
get ideas for their next tattoo? Because like you said, I mean, it seems like it would it would be sort of embarrassing or off-putting to go up and ask someone. I mean, if they had like an American Eagle or a Marine, you know, logo or something like that. But just the, the totally random, sometimes disgusting things. No one's going to go up and ask you about those unless they've got one themselves. Yeah, exactly. Another person with a sleeve of tattoos. But I'm not necess- I, I don't necessarily think that that person would go up to the other person and ask about every little yeah. thing he had tattooed on his arm because I don't think he cares. His is better than yours, you know? Ask about his. It, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, it is uh, very bizarre. Well, let me do a couple of quick hitters because I hear you've got something else uh, juicy to talk about. You know... This, hey, this, hang on just a second. Right. I, I got one last thing. One of my dear, dear, dear friends in life owned uh, a veterinary clinic somewhere in the United States. Okay. And his policy was if you have if you have tattoos that people can see and you have any piercings, don't don't apply for a job here. Hmm. He said if if you have tattoos that that are covered with your, you know, uniform or whatever, yeah. you know, when you're doing stuff, that's fine. But if they show, don't apply here. Piercings and that, I won't take you. I wonder if nobody ever bothered him for that. That's neat to hear. I wonder if anyone could claim discrimination because of that, or could it be stated like a policy? I guess like a restaurant can say, must like a yeah, a restaurant, no mustaches or no long hair that's not you know, done up or something like that. I guess you could do the same thing maybe with tattoos and piercings if it was like a public-facing job where people could come in and be disturbed or put off by it. Right. You know, it's a, you know, it's a veterinary clinic and it's a very professional setting. Yeah. You know, and you don't want to come in and have have some woman at the reception desk with one of those shotgun earrings. It looks like they uh-huh. blew your hole in your ear, you know, and <laughs> and bringing your dog in there. It, it, I just don't I, don't, I don't think it works well that way. So, and he certainly didn't. Okay, go ahead. All right. Well, dovetailing on the vet thing, I, I saw an ad the other day for dog food with the tagline, when you love them like family, feed them like family. <laughs> We're going to get in trouble here. You know that, don't you, Mo? I don't know. <laughs> because there's people that love their pets just as much as they love their children. Isn't that sad? I mean, that that literally, in all in all seriousness, that is such a sad, sad thing that, that people, let alone, I mean, calling their dogs or cats their kids or their children or whatever. But the idea that you could love any animal as much as one of your children or your mother, brother, sister, whatever, is just appalling to me. Well, and, and I totally agree. And, and my wife has fed me, you know, things that taste like dog food before. Yeah. And I don't know if she loves me anymore. <laughs> I say that with a whisper. I hope she can't hear anything. She's a great uh, cook. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, you see stuff like that on TV. You know what they're doing? They're shaming people yep. to to buy their expensive product. I, I, I went into Target, and they have refrigerated uh, cases for pet food. We've gotten to that point. 
you have mm. to keep it refrigerated and fresh because you know it's all because I almost I w- if you challenged me I probably would eat a can of refrigerated dog food just to see what it tastes like it probably yeah probably tastes like anything I'd eat it at a certain restaurant that I would never go to again. Okay. That I won't talk about because right. I don't want to get sued. But, but yeah, it, it's insanity. It's insanity. That's all there is to it. Oh, and like it's... you, like you, I love pets. I love them to death. Always have. Never had any, but I love them. <laughs> but I never would in my mind think that if I just gave them regular dog food that, that I should be giving them something more creative yeah, than that. Right. To, because I need to love them that much. Uh, and I think we've mentioned it before, but, and this is another one of those things that is literally true. You and I do more in terms of productivity and intellectual exercise or whatever in assuming we're awake. We do more in one hour for the good of the world than a cat will do in its lifetime. <laughs> Mo, I disagree with you. My cat my cat gives me support in life. When I come home from a bad day, my cats are ready to love me, unlike all of my compatriots at my work at McDonald's. When I come home, it snuggles with me, and I give it that $4 a can cat food that she oh, eats every day. Oh. And and that because I love her, because I love her, and, uh, and all that support is worth that. I mean, God, it, I could. All... <laughs> <laughs> uh. At least, I mean, dogs. Almost. Dogs obviously serve purposes, and you know they get into like horses and cows and things that actually do something for a living or or give us food back. But cats are just literally a giant drain, and people. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but. People who have to have to find comfort in petting a cat or having it rub against your leg, which is one of the most hideous things I experience on a daily basis. I mean, why can't you just pet like a sheepskin or a a furry ball or something like that? It's just oh gosh. <laughs> Sorry. I I I'm going to say this and I'm not going to say who it was, but All it right. was a it was Somebody that was connected with my brother in California, I stayed at this person's house who had, I think, two cats, one for sure that I saw. And this is a true story, hand on the Bible. <laughs> I, I went into the bedroom at night to go to sleep, and I, I took my jeans off and, and put them on this little little table thing. Yeah. And the bottom five or six inches of my jeans hit the floor. Uh-oh. In the morning, in the morning when I put my jeans on, it was almost completely solid with cat hair. Oh. Four inches up. I took a picture of it and because it was so unbelievably gross. Yeah. And then and then I, I lost the picture. I'm so mad. Oh. But and and can you imagine that's my pants right there at that spot? Can you imagine the rest of the house? Oh, I know. Oh, uh, gosh. So did what did you do? Did you get them to, like a cat brush and get rid of it? or? Well, I, I think I took a, a whisk broom, I mean yeah. a regular corn broom, and, and wiped it off outside. And okay. then, of course, I was only there one night, thank God. 
and, uh, and and took care of it that way. But that's what I had to do. I had to use one of those corn brooms yeah. to get it off. It wasn't something where you brush it off with your hand and, you know, eight or ten follicles are gone. Right. Uh, no, it was it was a wig. It was on the bottom of my pants, four inches up. Oh, man. From touching the ground. Uh, wow. All right. One, one more quick thing, and then you can roll. How often? It may not be quick, but okay. go ahead. How, how often do you get reprimanded by your wife for using the wrong kind of cleaner on any given spill? Oh, my God. Were, were you listening tonight? <laughs> <laughs> if you've got my house bugged, you'd better get rid of it right now. Oh, no, that's because uh, I had a joke, you know, a while back that I spilled floor cleaner on the floor. What do I use to clean it up? <laughs> <laughs> because whatever I chose, I know I would choose wrong. No, <laughs> but is, does that happen to you? It sounds like it does. Tonight, tonight, I, I think she's downstairs on the treadmill, so. I can tell you, I'm doing this. I'm doing this little pan. It's like 10, 10 by ten inch pan, and she had cooked some chicken in it. Oh God, I'm gonna get this if she's out in the other room, but I'm gonna do it real quietly. Okay. And and so I'm, you, you know, those little smiley face scrubby things. Yeah, scrub daddy. Can, oh yeah, scrub yeah. And the, you know they're really they're really uh, abrasive. Yeah. You know, so I'm scrubbing, it, and she sees me doing that. She goes, she goes, N- you got to use the the uh, SOS pad, you know, and the SOS pad is down underneath the sink and way in the back. And I don't want to go get it, you know? <laughs> so I'm scrubbing with that thing and I'm getting it off, you know, I'm getting it all off, you know, and I'm scrubbing it and, and I take it and I rinse it and I go, there you go. And she goes, no, no, you got to use it. I go, show, show me where, where there's any stuff on the pan. You know, and she goes, see, matter. yeah, it doesn't matter. She says, see, see wrong on the underneath of this, handle part of the pan there where you can still see a little bit of that stuff there she said you need the SOS pad it's like oh my god you know it's like she knows I'm not going to go down and get the SOS pad there's no way I'm not doing it Uh, I can clean it as easily with that thing but you know it's it's back and forth with that and uh, there's a a couple of things that she'll look at every time I I gotta be quiet again (laughs) That, that that I'll clean, and one of them is is a top of one of those tumblers that you put water and stuff in. Yeah, and they're right where the where the lid opens and closes on it. It can get little stuff in there, and and, and she'll look at that thing every single time to make sure that that's sparkling clean. You know, because if there's any residue of coffee or coke or anything like that, you, you didn't get it right. You gotta go do that to do that. She doesn't say it that way, but you know, oh, something. You know how you know how she says it. So <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's funny. It's kind of funny, not funny. But there are times when I'm almost. It's it's definitely a no win. If you choose the wrong thing, then you get blamed for that. If you don't try, and leave it for her, then well, why do you even try to clean it up? I mean, you've done that, I'm sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's so <laughs> chapter four in my book of marriage. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I guess what what because we we like to offer solutions and words of wisdom for our either recently married or unmarried men who are going to be married one day. What advice would you give? Because you know, there's that old thing about 
you can't win an argument and all those other things. But in terms of this sort of thing, what advice would you have to people? Don't get married. (laughs) But if you're going to go ahead and step into that purgatory, then uh, I, I, my advice is going to be bad advice because I'm always, I'm always up for a fight. (laughs) All right. Sometimes. and, And I admit sometimes I do things just to, just to get things roused up and yeah. things like that. And she'll admit that in a, about a microsecond. But I, th- that's a typical thing right there is I'm using the scrubber that, you know, I could probably use on cement and get <laughs> stuff off of a cement. But that's not the right thing. It's SOS. But I know she's going to say that, and I'm still going to use it. So for all you people that, that have a lot of uh, intestinal fortitude – do it my way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, because if you don't, they're going to they're gonna keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it for other things and other things and other things, and they're going to keep stepping on your throat every single time. Yeah. So you're not a big one for silence. If, if you get told to do something, and in your mind, the rational thing is to do something else, you're more inclined to argue as opposed to just turn around and walk off. I've never in my life turned around <laughs> and walked off for anything like that. And and bless her heart for staying with me. Yeah. But, but uh, I've never done that. Okay. Uh, with with things, you know, and I'm they're they're all I do it with a smile. Okay. Yeah. I'm not I'm not somebody that's shaking a finger in her face or doing this or that. Uh, oh my God! I hope she's downstairs. <laughs> Because because you got me in a lot of trouble otherwise, but but it's 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 all done in, in like hey this can be done this way. Yep. It doesn't have to be done with an SOS pad that I got to reach down way in under the thing to get, which you know I don't like to do. Right. If you want to do it, I'll get ninety nine percent of it off, and then you can use the SOS pad on the on the point four percent of stuff that's on there. Oh, it, it's so interesting how. That is, I mean, I can't tell by just pulling the two of us, but it does seem to be a universally accepted thing that, I mean, one more reason, and thank goodness we are, that men and women are different. And I (laughs) think that's why, haven't you heard that, that women that are, quote, married get in a lot more domestic arguments and actually fights than either a, a straight couple or a gay two men i've heard that and you can see why wait say that again that lesbians are more likely to get in like brouhaha's and and i mean literally to punching fighting scratching clawing arguing than a man and wife or even two gay guys yes i I definitely think that i have a little quick story for that one too all right (laughs) i'm in i'm in santa cruz with with my wife the first time she's ever been in California okay and i've been i've been in california for winters for like 8 or 9 years and we're in santa cruz i don't know if anybody else knows this but it's like almost the gay capital of of uh, mm. california all right we're down there and and i said now don't make eye contact with anybody and um don't look at the women when you, you know, to see what they're wearing or whatever like that. Don't do that. And I, again, hand on the Bible. She'll, she'll tell you this is true. 
<laughs> it wasn't, I, I'll say it wasn't three minutes. It wasn't three minutes later. Two girls converge on the sidewalk in front of us and go for a throwdown right in front of us. <laughs> Fists and everything right down onto the sidewalk going at each other. <laughs> And it's and it, and and it's like I've got my hands apart, going. I see. That's what, that's what I was just saying. It's like they came out of the woodwork to say this is what can happen if you look at us when we're wow. when we're you know having a little fight amongst each other. But they were throwing fists and and uh, they were down on the ground. Wow. So what did you do? Did you turn and walk away? Or Walked you... around and went. Out. I, I can't touch them. You know, yeah. if I if I try to separate them. They might say, you know, I did something wrong or whatever. Right. But, you know, separating two women that are throwing punches at each other, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't want to get in the middle of that. No. Nothing if good I knew so. them, I would. But yeah. not two people out of the blue in Santa Cruz, California. That never happened again while we were there or whenever I was there. But it was so funny that I was telling her that. And yeah. literally... Literally within three minutes, they were right in front of us, right in front of us, maybe eight feet in front of us. They just started going at each other. Wow. All right. So uh, what you got? Something about automobiles or something. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, um, you know, I might go a little bit lighter on a something this week. You know, there's all of this political crap that tires me out. And I wanted to go over a little bit of uh, history of the car and maybe even a couple of things the fake Demic did. But anyway, let, let me start with this. This was all in a um, magazine I was reading. And the first part of this I want to talk about is car washing, a car wash. Okay. How much do you think car washes bring in annually worldwide? Oh, man. At the rate that new car washes open, which is just astounding to me because I am not, I don't go to car washes too much. How do, annually in the U.S. or worldwide? Worldwide. Or, worldwide. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, mean, I know it's it's hard to hard to fathom. I mean, you know, to come up with a, a proper yeah, amount. But what I'll, would you think? I'll just say $20 billion. Wow. You are good. $30 billion. Wow. So, shoot. Out of right. 62,000 car washes. The first one was opened in, 19, in the 40s in Hollywood, California. And it was semi-automatic, using a winch to pull the car through. A winch, not a winch. Yeah, correct. Yeah, <laughs> okay. well, That's right. It's Hollywood. I forgot. <laughs> it could have been a winch pulling yeah. a winch. Okay. But this was just a winch okay. pulling it. And then... You had human people washing the cars. They pulled it through. Yep. That was the first one. Okay. Then in 1946, somebody in Detroit came up with the one with the first conveyor and overhead sprinklers and, okay. and all that kind of stuff. Then in 51, a guy came up with, a, with the entire operation where it was, you know, soap and scrub, you know, and then a blow dry at the end of it. So since 1951, we've had... The typical car wash you take your car wash through today. I know there are st still some places that advertise like hand dried or towels or you know chamois cloths or whatever. But do you? How often do you get yours? Your car washed? I would say 
every three weeks, maybe. Really? Wow. Yeah. And do you I have mean, a do you have a go to place or do you? Yes, I do. I have a, do. a place that's about two miles from my house, and we go there all the time. And yeah, about every every three weeks, depending on the weather and conditions. Sometimes it might even be as much as two weeks uh, that I would go through there and, and just get it, you know, washed off. And so are you, are you one that when a new place opens, will you try it out or are you just happy with what you have? I stay with what I have Okay. and go there all the time just because we do have a new car wash in our town that you can, it's so fully automated that you press something on your phone. Oh my God. When you get there, it will tell you what kind of car you're in because you've you've typed it in there and it will adjust it to your car accordingly wow. when you go in. Wow. Holy yeah. smokes. Exactly. You know, so no, I don't I don't go to that one. And I don't know what that one costs either. I can't imagine it would be cheap. Do you think have have the price of car washes gone up about with inflation? I don't go uh, often enough to know. Or has automation helped him? Because obviously, if you had five or six guys hand washing your car, I'm sure that would be a lot more than fully automated. I assume. Right. the The price I pay is with wax going through there. When I do it, is ten dollars, and if I don't do the wax, it's eight dollars. Okay. And so. and do you think, or do you have evidence? You probably do, being a car guy, that washing it and keeping, if you are in a winter climate, the salt off or the dirt or the dust or the whatever, does that extend the life of the undercarriage? Does it just make for a better overall driving experience, or what would you say? I would say definitely it makes a better driving experience when you're leaving after having your car you know, totally massacred by the, the elements. Of, yeah. You know, I'm in, I, you know, I'm in the Midwest and, uh, they, they throw down salt like I do, you know, on my, um, French fries. Right. In, in my area. So <laughs> when, after about a week's worth of that on your windshield and, and of course all over your wheels and side of your car, when I come out of that car wash and I drive out, it's almost like my car is saying, thank you. Yeah. Because yeah. It, it does feel better. When you get out of there, right. it's me being mental, which I've been told I am occasionally, <laughs> but at the same time, it does feel better when you come out. As people probably have come to know, I'm what people may call thrifty when it comes to a lot of things. What about a good hard rain versus a car wash? What percentage of effectiveness does rain have compared to a, a $10 car wash? The $10 car wash will get everything off if yeah. it... The problem is, is is that in the winter, where I'm from, there isn't a lot of rain to get. And winters is the worst time to have a car in my area. So uh, I don't get the rain. I get the snow, things like that. But that doesn't that doesn't get rid of the salt and the dirt and grime on the side of it. I would think that if you had an instance where you you're your car was trashed by the roads yeah, and you had a significant downpour, I would say it could probably get rid of uh, maybe just in my own estimation, yep. maybe 30%. Okay. Of it. Okay. 
that seems yeah. seems reasonable. All right. Well, yeah. that's yeah, that's very interesting. And now you've made me, you've shamed me into wanting to go get a car wash. <laughs> so you've done your job. <laughs> uh, there, there, there is one thing about car washes that that is kind of unique to me. Yeah. And that is, I will never, ever take my Ferrari through them because Ooh. I don't know what those car washes are calibrated for, for a car like that. So, right. um, the, the tire width and the lowness oh, of the car yep. and all of that stuff. I'm just too afraid to, to take that one through, but I will take all of my other cars through there. That, and uh, do you think, do people have any recourse or is there either an, an implied that you can't come back on us or do they have something posted? They do have something posted okay. at every car wash, and it's a sign that says we are not responsible for tire damage, uh, uh, sunroof leaks, uh. and uh, antennas on cars. Okay. Uh, you, something breaks, you're on your own if you go through there. Okay. I wonder so, if even that I, new one you mentioned with the app that you, you dial in your car, they probably still have their disclaimer there too. I would think so, but I don't know how that works either. Yeah. Um, it, it, whether it's that they keep those brushes that go alongside of your car yeah. are whipping by so hard that they'll flip my side mirrors front and back when they go, wow. when they go down through there. So they're, they're scrubbing pretty hard when they do. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, I, I always hope that the last one that scrubs through there will flip it back to the normal, <laughs> normal position before I yeah. get out. So I don't have to roll down my window and screw it up with water on it. But yeah, and it yeah. usually does. All right. So the uh, second part is, I, I know you've driven by car dealers and they have no inventory. Yeah. A little more now, but a little more, but it's been, it's been probably two well over two years since they've really actually had inventory in their lot like they did before yeah, the fake pandemic. Okay. Yep. Okay. I I looked this up. Uh, excuse me. Um, chip makers in the world. Chip makers mm. for the cars. The chips that cause the cars to not be on the car lots because they didn't have enough of them. Right. The, the here's the top five chip makers in the world according to this magazine number one is germany really wow yeah. i did not know that okay number two you won't you won't believe this one the netherlands Jeez. number three is japan number four is the u.s and number five is switzerland so china's not even in the top five China is not in the top five for chip makers. Yeah. They're in probably number one for the stuff you use to make them. Okay. But but not for wow. making the chip itself. And U.S. coming in at number four has only 8.3% of oh, the market. Wow. I know there's been some bills or some whatever where they're trying to get incentives for chip manufacturing to come back or expand in the u.s but i haven't heard much about that do you are our chips do you know how how unique chips are per model or per line of card like a, a ford gm jaguar ferrari whatever you mean to replace them or or yeah i mean 
can you take any given chip and just do a little something to it and make it work? Or are they all unique to a certain model or make or whatever? Do you know? They're all unique. They are. And I talked to a guy that worked at GM for 45 years that just retired. He said they're all unique to the car to the point where when the fake Demix started, mm-hmm. you you had to take the chip and you would put it in the car. You would drive it to the lot after it was made brand new. You would take the chip out. Then you would go and put it in another car wow. and bring that one out. And you could only do it three times because if you did it four times, the chip would go out. Because it's not meant to be put in and taken out? Put, correct. Wow. Correct. Yeah. And where where do you know where that chip goes? I mean, is it just no. like... No clue. Huh. I, I understand there's more than one chip. Yeah. This one is to make the car run. <laughs> Which is kind of an important... Wow, that's... that's And so they would... It would find its home, if you want to say it that way, in the third car, and then it would just stay in that car? Yes, yes. Huh. They, they had it, you know, categorized to the point where they would say, hey, this chip is that, this is for that car, this is that, and uh, don't use it anymore. Wow. Uh, to the point where, the, you know, that, that's how few chips there were when this first started. Well, I remember driving by a... Uh, uh, could have been a big university with a big parking lot and just seeing hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of cars parked there. And, and that in retrospect, I found out why, but at the time I had no idea what was going on, but I think car makers literally couldn't sell them because they didn't have chips. And so they had to put them somewhere. Right. Exactly. They were all sitting there, a big sea of cars that couldn't go anywhere until these chips came in. Which is why you never saw cars in the uh, in the dealerships. Yeah, at that point, and yeah, that's that's why. In regular times, you probably know this, uh, and I'm asking it as a question because I don't know it. In regular times, which hopefully we'll get back to, when you do see relatively full inventories at any given car dealership, are those cars on consignment? Any of those? Or are they all purchased by the dealership? Because it just seems like a lot of money sitting there. <laughs> it was a lot of money sitting there. But the problem is, is, is that it goes from a lot of money sitting there for you know GM, Chrysler, yeah. Ford, to the dealership where it would sit there before the fake Demic when they couldn't sell it like a crappy car like the Pontiac Aztec. Yeah. You know, nobody wanted that. So it would sit there and then the dealer would have to to pay for his inventory every month. And if it wasn't sold, he would, you know, pay I don't know how much they pay, but they would pay for that inventory in that car every month. They didn't sell it, which is why they say the 29th and 30th of the month is when you want to go buy a car cuz then they can get rid of it. And so if a car costs whatever $30,000, a GM XYZ car. And so if a Chevrolet dealer gets in a shipment of six cars or eight cars or 10 cars, do they pay how much of that 30,000 or let's say the stickers 30,000. And so they, you know, the wholesale or whatever you call it is, I don't know, 22 or 23. How much of that do they pay as soon as they take delivery of that car? If it's not sold, 
That I don't know. Okay. I, I have I have no clue as far as what that does, but I I can uh, tell you that I've uh, talked extensively with a guy that used to own a Buick dealership uh, near my town, uh-huh. and I got to know him real well. And he said, as just a side note, that GM could go to him and say, "Hey, you have to buy all new." furniture lighting and uh the guts of your building to update it to our standards and he would have to pay for it out of his pocket wow so they can mandate that part of it so when you when you when you talked about a car who's been that's been on the lot and they've got to pay for more are they paying kind of a i mean what are they paying i think it's an inventory tax like every business uh, you know, has to, you know, has to do like the, you know, the monthly inventory uh, that they go through and see what they have. And right. then they, they, they pay whatever that amount is for a business tax Okay, to be able to have that there. And I'm sure that's exactly what they do with the cars. Gotcha. Okay. So, okay. Both new and I both new and used, I think. So, yeah. Um, hmm. When you, when you buy your cars, when you buy, I guess well it would it, it would have to be a new car it wouldn't apply to a used car. Do you typically or I guess what do you think is better buying one that's on the lot or one that you kind of order and then they don't have to inventory it they just get it in and say hey gee man your car's here and you come and get it. Can you get a better deal on one or the other or what's your philosophy on that? The uh, philosophy is let me let, let me just do my last little part here, which okay. is which is on new car dealers. Uh-huh. This has All to right. do with with the fake demic. Okay, the fake demic. Uh, so the, I'm going to just uh, plagiarize this thing, and then you can comment okay. on it. The fake demic profits against all odds made some extraordinary fat times for car makers and car dealers alike. Makers and dealers are two different things. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's credit the immutable laws of supply and demand. Fewer cars meant people paid more for them with the average new car transaction price rising to an eye watering $48,301 oh by August of 2022, up 10.8% from just 12 months earlier. Capping what's been a greater than 50% increase in average prices over the past 10 years. 50% cars have gone up in the last 10 years. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. So. Uh, it says, not long ago, new cars typically sold below the manufacturer's suggested retail price. Yeah. But today, you know, during the fake-demic, they sold for an average of $1,000 over the sticker price. $1,000. You you know, before the fake-demic, you would go in and you'd say, ah, you know, I'm not really sure. You know, knock off, you know, two grand and I'll think about yep. it. Yeah. Now, because there was no supply, you went in and ordered a car and, and hoped it would come in in 60, 90 days. Yeah. And 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 paid the the retail price cuz they could do that. Gosh. You used car prices 
skyrocketed during the fake-demic too. Through February 2022, prices of pre-owned cars have risen more than 40% in just one year. 40%. Uh, I know rental cars were super expensive, and I don't know, they've come down somewhat probably, but I know they had that same problem too. So, holy cow. Yeah, it's it's mind-boggling. And, and, you know, this is... This is something people don't think about, or, you know, who would about a fake demic doing yep. damage to your wallet? Yep. Because that it, it meant the profits for car dealers have been the greatest they've ever been in history because of Gosh. this fake demic, because you have to pay more money for your car because they, they just don't have the supply. So they, they want to, this article goes on to say they want to cut out the middleman, which is guess who? The dealership. They, they want to do like what Tesla does, where you order your car, and then you come and pick it up somewhere. I don't know where, but yeah. you go and you pick it up. They don't want to have the dealership there as the middleman anymore, and that may come to fruition. Well, I know there's some states that have, have, have outlawed that idea of cutting out the middleman, I believe. And I, I don't know recently if any bills have come up to change that, but... Because I, it seems like in some Midwestern states, at first Teslas weren't allowed to be sold because you had to sell cars through dealerships because of the legacy of the automobile industry. But certainly in these days, you can definitely see that uh, people are spending more and more without either literally test driving a car or whether it's a mattress or whether it's a whatever. They're willing to spend a lot more than they used to and not try something out before they buy it. Yeah, I I find that amazing. This Carvana thing. Yeah, where, you know, yep, you, you, yep. you This girl's all excited for a BMW and whatnot. I would I would never buy a car without driving it. Never. You, you want to get in. You want to feel it. You want to see what the seat is like, where the controls are, how you look out. You know, around the car from your seat, all of that stuff. How it rides. You, you don't want to go out and buy a Chevy Aveiro, you know, and then ride, that's like riding in a in a tin can. Yeah. One of those things. But I don't know. Some people are are just too stupid, I guess, and they just go out and have somebody deliver it to their driveway. Gosh, because as you say, Carvana, unless you happen to, you know, drive a used car that's similar or go to the dealership or something, but you do wonder what percentage of especially maybe under 30 people do that and and don't test drive don't they just take delivery and it appears in their driveway and they're good to go i i bet it's i mean do you think it's 10 percent or not that much or more oh, easily you mean for 30 year olds or yeah, oh, yeah yeah easily wow easily. Yeah. well first of all when they were 27 they couldn't even get a car <laughs> yeah that's there true. weren't any on the dealership so uh I, I would easily say that was that might be low for something like that. And I don't think America has the love affair of cars that they did 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, that'd be a whole nother, uh, whole yes. nother episode that would be awesome to talk about. Exactly. Gosh. Last thing here, they say that Tesla has a competitive, competitive advantage um, over the dealerships by selling their cars that way of 
thousand dollars per vehicle. Wow. So basically you're paying five thousand dollars more to have a dealership there to show cars or have you ride it or whatever and and as expensive and, as Teslas are, I mean, just think if you had to add another five, six thousand dollars to each one of those, because I know their lowest model is probably what, forty, forty five thousand? I don't yeah, know, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're pricing me right out of them. Yep. Gosh, it, it it's kind of scary. I haven't bought a bought a new new. I bought new used uh, the last few times. I don't know. That would be major sticker shock going in and paying forty or fifty thousand dollars for a car, which I guess is why everyone leases them for two years and thinks they're and getting them for nothing. One. Yeah. Yeah. Throws their money away and does yep. whatever. But uh, man. Yeah. So there you have it. Last thing, last little fun thing I have here is I was, uh, you know, that I uh, I collect Matchbox cars, and have done so for sixty years. I was uh, I bought a Matchbox at a local um, retail place, and the register when I ran it across the register because I was at a self checkout. Yeah. The register asked if I wanted warranty protection on my car <laughs> no <laughs> hand on the bible and no. my wife was right next to me when it happened because because uh, i ran it across her and i go hey what why is it why can't we put some and i looked at it on the screen it says would you like warranty protection <laughs> i thought uh, not this time <laughs> wow <laughs> uh, that was classic that uh, is that is yeah. wow that's i that's i crazy. kicked myself for not punching and saying well what is it do I will I pay five cents for warranty protection on my dollar car? <laughs> oh, I think I've asked. I think I've asked in the past. But have you ever done any of those extended warranty either through the dealership or those letters that you get where they say, you know, we'll take care of your car for five years for X amount? And they always kind of seem like a sham, but maybe they're not. I won't answer that under the grounds that it may incriminate me. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Remember, I do own a Ferrari, so. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Wow, so. holy cow. This is As fast as our time goes, this one is totally zip by. We're giving, we're giving all these great listeners free bonus time of, of wisdom, but as always, super interesting. Yeah, I'll be ready to, to get back into the drudgeries of political life next week, if you'd like to do that. But I thought we would, you know, kind of diverse from that for this week and and uh, educate people on, on what happened with the automobile. All right. Well, you've heard it uh, from the source, just like uh, Mr. Ed, right? You go to the source <laughs> or whatever. The, I can't remember that lyric. The horse uh, is a horse, of course. Yeah, of course. that's right. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, Mr. G-Man has done it again. Mo's here to get some uh, wisdom. And you are all out there listening, sharing, liking, and leaving those awesome reviews for the right angle. That was easy. <laughs>